Welcome back, everyone, to JJV. I'm your host, Jules, and I'm here to make things spooky for you today. Um, I want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Calvin, or uh, as he is known on the internet, Unexpected, who gave me a wonderful topic um, that was believing in paranormal activities and having experienced them. Now, this topic was really intriguing to me, and I did a bunch of research and I found just exactly how I wanted to talk about this topic for this podcast. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and switch gears to a mental health check-in, and then we can get on with our spooky, spooky topic of the day. Welcome back, everyone, to mental health check-in. Um, personally, for me, I haven't experienced too much difference from the past few weeks, which I am very grateful for. But there was an experience that I had. There was one little moment that I had recently um, that provided me with some relationship anxiety. And that is not great. A lot of times when I experience relationship anxiety, I always hit myself when I'm down stating that I took a step back. We were doing so well. Like, why did this happen? And that's a really intrusive and destructive way to think because I'm the biggest candidate of that where I think that if I have one bad experience, I've ruined the bunch. And sometimes that's not true. A lot of times it's not true where if you're going through a mental health like rejuvenation, growth period, just trying to get better and something bad happens, then you knock yourself down a peg and you're like, damn it, like every time I try to do something, this is always what happens. When in reality, we can't think like that. Unfortunately, it's a lot harder to not think like that than saying you shouldn't think like that is. But the way that I've learned more recently is just if you want to grow and you want to get better mentally, then you can think of little things like this as big setbacks because it's just a part of life. It's just like saying, oh, we we haven't fought in a while and now we're fighting. Fights are a part of relationships. They're a part of friendships sometimes. It's all normal. It just might not feel like it because it may seem like it comes out of nowhere. So keep your chin up if any of you out there are experiencing stuff like that. Like I have where you think things are going great and then destructively you're like, damn, things were going good. What happened? Nothing happened. You're just experiencing a little bit of, you know, unfortunate circumstances. And thankfully, you know, we take it one day at a time and we keep moving. Now, I do want to go ahead and I want to say that my peanut butter fixation has died down a lot. And I don't know if it was after I talked about it on that episode or if, like, just in general, the fear of being allergic to peanut butter happened. But after I stated that, I have literally cut my peanut butter consumption down like 90%. And I haven't had any peanut butter in the last like couple of days. So I would say it's pretty much 100% done, which is kind of crazy. But that does mean that the craving of peanut butter is over, which is kind of sad because I still have a full jar that looks pretty good, but also doesn't at the same time. So there's a little update on that. I also have another update uh, for the energy drinks. The energy drinks uh, situation has 
pretty much escalated to the point where I am definitely craving them more. But because I'm trying to control that I only have an energy drink like in the middle of the day and not in the morning, my mornings aren't wrought with like the huge headache that comes from needing caffeine immediately because I'm not like, you know, I'm I'm not dosing myself with a gigantic can of energy drink. So I'm thankful for that. But but yeah, other than that, my head is feeling pretty good. I'm really just kind of pushing through and getting motivated to do other stuff like creatively. So there's nothing to complain and I feel really amazing. And I hope all of you guys feel good just like I do. And if not, and if you're still battling, just remember there's resources out there and I'm always here to talk. And um, I hope you guys get through it. I really do. Now, before we get into the topic, I do want to put a few little call-outs out here. I have recently made a Twitter for Jules Just Vibes. It is just that, at Jules Just Vibes. Um, So definitely go and follow that, and then you can respond to my tweets, and you can DM me, and you can give me podcast topic suggestions all there. That's kind of how I'll take communication until I set up a website. Um, The second thing that I wanted to state, and it's really notable is as of recording this episode, we have reached and surpassed over a hundred listens of the podcast. And that makes me feel so happy. I'm actually so freaking psyched that that's the case because, you know, I never thought that that would happen. And we're five episodes in and I want to keep doing this. I'm, I love doing this. This is something that I really, really enjoy. And so knowing that it's hitting home for you guys and everybody is enjoying it is what keeps me going. So thank you for all the constant support, the continued support, and share it with your friends. Let's get 100 to 200. Let's do it. So paranormal activities, you say? Well, I'm going to switch over to my spooky voice and I want to tell you guys all about this house. It's called the Mercer Williams House. Stationed in Savannah, Savannah being one of Georgia's and America's oldest cities, it stands, some say, on top of unmarked graves, mainly because Savannah is pretty much one big unmarked graveyard. Most of Savannah was privy to a lot of tragedies and it had a bloody civil war past. Yellow fever raged upon and if you weren't rich or somebody notable, most likely you were thrown into a mass grave and it was built up upon it. Now, I'm going to tell you the timeline of our Mercer House owners, and then I'll get into the paranormal activity that has been seen into the house. So the timeline. This house was designed by New York architect John S. Norris in 1860, specifically for General Hugh W. Mercer, who was a general in the Civil War. The construction was stopped due to the war, And before it could be finished, Mercer decided to move to Baltimore, but before he moved 
and ended up dying before living in it, he sold his unfinished house to John R. Wilder in 1868. John R. Wilder then spent the majority of the rest of his life finishing the house, yet died 10 years after construction was done. After that, it laid abandoned for a while. And then somebody, James A. Williams, was the one who bought and restored the home starting in 1968. Now, I'm not sure if that name is familiar to you or this house is familiar to you, but this storyline for James Williams sparked the plot for a book and later the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which incidentally sparked another book that was called Lawyer Games After Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by Depp Kirkland, the chief assistant DA in the town at the time. Now, Williams died in the home, but also was put on trial for a murder that happened in the home. He would be one of the at least three deaths that happened in the Mercer Williams house. Now, before the house was obtained by John Williams, it lay abandoned for many years previous. A young boy, age 11, wandered in and met tragedy when he fell to his death onto a wrought iron fence that impaled his skull in two places. The story says that he went in with his friends to chase pigeons and unfortunately fell from either the roof or the balcony that was just above the fence. Now, if you do your research, there are pictures of that same fence that's missing posts where his head was impacted. Now, based on the pictures online that show where the fence is, there is speculation that it's quite possible the young boy was actually pushed. Of course, there is no way to know, but what we do know is that he is the first rumored ghost sighting in this house, cursed to relive a loop of his untimely death. Now, the second death that was notable was one Daniel Hansford. He was a 21-year-old assistant to James A. Williams, who was renovating the house. It was said that Hansford died as a result of an argument that rent awry. James A. Williams and Daniel Hansford were actually in a romantic relationship, and during this romantic spat, Hansford pulled a gun on Williams only for it to jam, which provoked Williams to pull out his own gun and shoot. Now, 30 minutes after this incident happens... Williams calls the police and claims it was self-defense. Now, Williams went to trial four times over the course of eight years for this murder. His first trial, he was convicted to life in prison, but it was unfortunately appealed and overturned due to faulty police report. His second trial was shortly after that, and again, he was convicted to life but that was appealed and overturned due to faulty witness testimony, which led to his third trial. His third trial was a mistrial with a hung jury, and then that leads up to his fourth trial. His fourth trial, he was acquitted of all charges only after an hour-long jury deliberation. Now, when the DA came to the house 
to look at the scene, they were not convinced that it was self-defense. They stated that Williams had actually set the room up to look like it was self-defense. Now, to this day, a lot of people have reported that upon visiting the house, which is now a museum, they feel a sort of angry presence. And even James Williams was uneasy once he reached his home after being acquitted of all the charges. He had a voodoo practitioner even come in to expel Dan Hansford's ghost. Now, a little bit about James Williams. He was a very rich socialite, and he would often have parties, and he would often flaunt the wealth and riches that he had. Unfortunately, not long after he did come back into his house, he wouldn't be able to return to those lively parties. Williams would meet an untimely death only eight months and two days after being released. His body was found by his new assistant dead in the exact same room and almost the exact same spot where Hansford was killed. Do you think it was Hansford's revenge? His autopsy states that it was pneumonia and heart failure that befell Williams. But who knows? The Mercer Williams house is one of many on a tour of haunted pasts, so it's no surprise that among the despair, spooky and eerie things can happen. The most notable is photo phenomena. Many accounts have claimed that if you take photos of the beautiful homes outside, you could see figures appear in the windows, the shapes of a young boy or a grown man staring out. Others also speak of hearing loud noises in the abandoned, empty house all lit up, almost as if parties are being thrown. Ghosts dancing in the windows on a cold December night. James Williams would often throw parties in the wintertime and even had an annual Christmas gala. Now, I myself have not had the luck of experiencing any ghost sightings, but according to HuffPost and Pew Research, there are about 45% of people that do believe in ghosts, and there's even 18% of people that have believed that they've had contact with ghosts. I myself am always intrigued by this, and I used to watch ghost stories or a haunting that was on the sci-fi channel, I believe, but there is definitely a difference in looking this stuff up or watching something and experiencing it. Just typing in ghost sightings into Google, it's not easy to try to get on the side of the 45% that believe in ghosts. When I typed ghost sightings into Google, the second link that popped up sent me to an article explaining the top three scientific explanations for ghost sightings, meaning that it was explaining away what you would see. Spoiler alert, it's hallucinations, mainly from toxic chemicals, electromagnetic fields, and gullibility, or I guess for a better term, um, suggestion, meaning if you're told a place is haunted and you walk through it, you're likely to have an experience that leads you to believe that it's haunted. Now, why exactly do ghosts tend to stay in a specific area? Scouring the web, media adaptations, and just plain stories told by real people, you'll find that one of the most common reasons that ghosts exist, or how a soul stays tied to this plane, 
is through tragic death. And I would say that the first two deaths were definitely tragic. And there's also that uh, unfinished business reason. Now, I myself am a huge skeptic. I've not ever really experienced the paranormal. My family used to say that we had a family ghost that stayed with us. And that family ghost had moved with us to the multiple houses that we lived in. Um, We had house creaks, blinds that didn't stay down, and just other mild things that we could probably just explain away or we would pin it on our uh, ghost that we named Steve. Now, I also live in a house that is quite old. It's about 40 years old. And often there are things that will set my dogs off um, or just sounds that happen inside the house. And that can make me very paranoid. But to me, it's not a matter of there's ghosts in the house. To me, it's a matter of I'm a tiny woman and somebody is going to break into my house. Although just because I did say I'm a skeptic, that does not mean that paranormal activity in a whole or witnessing something paranormal doesn't interest me. As I said before, I am actually very intrigued by watching people's accounts of things that have happened, whether it's possession or it's just other things ghost-wise that have happened around their house. There is something eerie that does chill you to the bone when you really watch it and listen to it. But I do think that there's also another layer when it comes down to experiencing it. And apart from demonic possession, I'd be completely open to experiencing anything paranormal. But, you know, here's the thing. They say once you open the door to the other side, no longer can you hide in the light. Now, if you have a paranormal story or you have a ghost haunting story that chills you to the bone to this day that you just can't explain away, definitely send me those stories on Twitter at JulesJustVibes. I'd love to read and talk about them on the podcast because I'm thinking about doing a fun, spooky month of October eerie podcast topics where we just talk about ghost stories that have happened and they can be your experiences or they can be experiences that I find online that I think that are interesting but I would love to hear you guys out for any of the experiences that you've had since unfortunately I don't have any of my own personal experiences. So what do you think happened to that 11 year old boy? Do you think he fell or do you think one of his friends pushed him? Also, what do you think about the case of Williams and Hansford? Do you think that it's fair for it to be called self-defense? Or do you think that Williams murdered Hansford in cold blood? Some would say because Hansford pulled a gun first that it was self-defense. But I feel like it was divine intervention that led for Hansford's gun to jam. Four trials is a lot to go through to try to exclaim that it was self-defense and it is pretty timely that it was less than a year back in the house that the owner died. This whole case spooked me to my core 
And even the case itself, outside of it being paranormal, was something that I thought would be a good topic to talk about because, you know, four trials is a lot when you're exclaiming self-defense. But if you are interested to know more about those trials and just what evidence would contradict the self-defense claim, you can read Lawyer Games After Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by Deb Kirkland, who, as I said, was the chief assistant DA, and he was the one who actually worked the case. He saw the bodies, both of them, and he told his story on what happened. So if you want a good read, I would go and I would read that one. I want to thank you guys for listening to this spooky, spooky topic. And thank you again to Calvin for suggesting it. Um, I very much love when I have suggestions for topics and I love being able to call out who does it. So again, thank you. I want to wrap this up and I want to do a kind of update for what's to come. As you know, um, we've still got Friday and we've got next Monday. And next Monday is actually Labor Day here in the U.S., which is fun, which means I've got a four-day weekend. Um, I am babysitting a little bit, but I know when this podcast was on Twitch, I wanted my siblings to come on and do a podcast episode with me. So I thought that for the next Friday and Monday episodes, what I would do is I would have them on and have them just talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. So for the next two podcasts, I'm going to have my siblings talk for 30 minutes on Friday and Monday about random topics. And if you want to hear a bunch of 13, almost 14-year-olds go on about different things, um, then you'll definitely want to be here. But if not, I'll see you next Friday. Thank you again for all of the constant support of this podcast. I actually recently just had a great interaction with somebody who's been listening and gave me their... Um, sort of opinions on the Hot Takes and Opinions podcast that I had. And he reached out to me via Instagram DMs. And it was so refreshing to be able to talk to somebody about like the topics at hand that it came out. And so um, again, I just want to stress that if you guys ever want to contact me, there's a link tree. And now officially there's a Twitter that's available for you guys to reach out to me at Jules Just Vibes. So definitely please do that. Um, there also was one like small little thing that I want that I was like thinking about doing and that was like taking the previous episodes and posting them here um, on like Spotify and stuff as kind of like throwbacks. Um, there's four of them. There's four topics, but they're they would just be the audio from the Twitch streams and they would be an hour long. So, if you guys think that that would be awesome, great. If not, um, let me know. But I thought it would be cool to kind of post them on here so that you guys can kind of relive the glory days. Not necessarily like those were glory days, but 
you know, if you guys ever missed out on the Twitch live streams and you guys wanted to listen to them, we definitely have them available. So if anything, it'll be like a Labor Day special, like after Monday, it would be the whole week. I would be posting podcast episodes until Friday. Um, and either Friday would end with a throwback one or Friday would end with a new topic stating about how I did it, which wouldn't be 30 minutes long, but it would be a start. So just keep an eye out for that. But otherwise, thank you guys so much again for the constant support and I'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great day and make sure to watch out for things that go bump in the night.